Talking about success is easy. We do it all the time. But what about failures? What about the stumbles we've made along the path to success? Doesn't anyone want to hear about those moments too? I know I do. And I think it's time to start getting real about what it actually takes to work towards your goals. My name is Artemis Kohas, owner of the Kohas Agency, licensed mental health counselor, and the voice of Now What? a podcast that asks its guests the hard-to-answer questions about how they address the difficulties they have faced in their personal and professional journeys. I'm interested in those moments that we ask, now what? That question usually follows unexpected changes, disappointments, and challenges. Join me in this endeavor to uncover what it means to keep it real on the road to success. Today, I had the pleasure of sitting down with Anastasia Kutsiukis. She is a marketing mastermind. She's a creative. She's the founder and partner of Mandolin Aegean Bistro, Mrs. Mandolin, the lifestyle brand, Mr. Mandolin, a fast casual food concept, and the Drexel, all in Miami. And I can't wait to hear what she's got to tell us about her journey and how she got to where she is. I would call Anastasia sort of a master marketer, but also like a very, very savvy, um, you know, uh, person with an eye for design and, and, uh, someone who's very gifted at building community. So, um, Anastasia, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and sort of how you got on this, you know, how you got to be where you are today? Well, thank you, um, Artemis, for that beautiful introduction. Um, I um, So I actually am born and raised in Toronto. Both my parents are of Greek descent. Um, and, you know, my culture was always a big part. A Greek, my Greek background was always a big part of, of growing up. Um, but never would I have thought that one day it would serve me in my career um, and particularly in the hospitality industry. It wasn't a career choice, uh, a life choice, let's say, that I had intended. I always call myself an accidental restaurateur. Um, but food has always been a part of my life. And as most, uh, you know, Greek, young Greek girls, it was a rite of passage for me to be in the kitchen and, and really showing love and sharing our, our heritage through it. So um, I'm gonna cut through all the boring stuff. And once I moved to New York, uh, you know, I actually pursued, I tried to pursue many different creative endeavors throughout my life, um, trying to find my place uh, that, that I could call home. Um, and when I ended up kind of stumbling on, on this career choice of becoming, you know, the founder of a restaurant, it's where it all kind of came together for me. So when I had moved in 1998, I moved after university to New York. I, I had went into uh, the fashion industry and later segued into beauty. I was a fashion stylist for many years. So I say that that part of my creativity really served me well for later in my life. Um, uh, and then also in beauty, which is where I met you, the beauty industry. I was an educator for many um, cosmetic brands. And that's actually when I learned a lot about lifestyle branding. So if, if I look back now, you know, I can see that there was a thread and kind of connection between building brands and understanding that part of it. So when many people think like, how did that 
come, how did food tie into it? You know, food was always a big part of my life. And while like, it was also a creative outlet for me, I love to entertain at home. And I think I was missing also my mom's homemade uh, cooking. And so I would, um, you know, I would throw in our little 450 square foot apartment in New York, I'd, I'd throw, you know, dinner parties and mezzas all the time. And um, I love to entertain and to, to really kind of create a home. And so I used that same type of mentality when I went into opening our restaurant. So because I didn't have much of a background in it, it was my husband who had, he's the operational brain behind Mendelin and he's really the one who um, kind of encouraged us to come together. Um, we didn't have a similar schedule. So he thought that this uh -huh. would be great. And he also recognized my talents and maybe more so my frustrations that I wanted to do something creative. And uh, when we decided to embark on this journey and open our dream restaurant together in 2009 in Miami, um, you know, it was, it allowed, it allowed me to really bring together hearts and heritage. I always say it was like my passions, all my passions, um, and then, you know, something I knew really deeply, which was who I am and how I knew how to share. And that was through my heritage and cooking. So, you know, it, little did I know at the time when we were opening, you know, a 20 seat restaurant in Miami during the height of the um, economic downturn that it would, you know, 12 years later, it would turn into a, a, a brand. Um, a brand around the Aegean culture, particularly. And, you know, I'm, I'm very proud of that part of it that we were able to bring, um, you know, we were the, the premier, uh, the premier restaurant or brand to ever use the word Aegean, um, in fact, to really talk about the special region within the Mediterranean, specifically where the Greek islands and Turkish coasts meet, you know. And for me, it was more than just the food, it was really, the, the rhythms of life, like how we talked about, the, the lifestyle behind that, the simplicity and authenticity and the slow living that appealed to me. Mm -hmm. And that's what I wanted to share the most. Would you say that that's, you know, that was the biggest leap out of your comfort zone that you, that you have made, or maybe you've made more since, or maybe there was something that even before that defined you? Because I'm wondering, like, you know, you move a city, right? You start a new venture it's all very exciting. It's all very scary. Um, you know, we often talk about, you know, how people jump out of their comfort zone. So I'm wondering if you think that was that your biggest leap or were there other moments? I mean, there's been moments throughout the last decade, definitely. I mean, we've continued because you have to keep pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. That's, I think, one of the most important things in, in reaching, you know, your, your goals, your personal goals is you have to keep moving, you have to keep pushing, but you have to have the willingness to try, you know, and the willingness to fail, um, which is definitely one of, but, but moving from New York to Miami to start our own business was by far the, um, the scariest thing I did, you know, it was, Although, you know, looking back now, we didn't have a lot to lose. We didn't have any money to lose. And we definitely, you know, were young enough to that if it didn't work, that's what kept me going. I think Ahmed and I had a pact that if it didn't work, we always could move back to New York and 
go back to our um, careers that we were doing at the time. You know, he was, Ahmed has 25 years experience in, um, in the industry. So he really had a, uh, he had the know-how, but I felt that I had, you know, the ability to design a space and, and uh, create something that was different than what we were seeing within that category. I still didn't really know what my role was. I think that was the scariest part because, you know, Ahmed had a very defined role in what he was doing and I, mm -hmm. on the other hand, you know, and I still think that that's part of um, the growing phase when you're in your, you know, in your career is really knowing how to define what you do. And, and then there comes a point more recently that I realized I don't have to define it, you know, and that allows us also to have freedom in, in a creative way that we yeah. can do, we can be good at many things and we can pursue many things as long as they're relevant within what you're doing. How do you, you know, you said about that, that the scariest thing was sort of not knowing, uh, you know, the not knowing, not knowing what your role is going to be, not knowing if it was going to work out. How do you deal with the fear, you know, that you have? I mean, you know, one of the things that, one of the things I did personally was, you know, I created almost this persona for myself, you know, it was, I, I, I stood behind what I was building as opposed to standing behind myself. You know, I, I ended up with a moniker of Mrs. Mandolin. This, I was the host of creating a, um, you know, a home away from home. And I actually didn't realize that that became almost like a shield or a protection for me. You know, Mrs. Mandolin was who I was at work, but Anastasia is who I am. And that's the, you know, the, the part that, as we talked earlier, you know, where I like to be behind the scenes. I love to, to make things beautiful and uh, to create all, all the different um, parts of the restaurant that people don't see that get done, you know? And it wasn't until, it wasn't until the last year and a half when COVID happened and we had a lot of time to stay at home and actually the time to, to sit and think and um, that I realized that it was time for me to break away from that and and um, and really that was a scary moment for me too to identify as as someone who has evolved and who's Anastasia the creative and who wants to kind of do things outside of just my restaurant or outside of you know the brand that I've built um, and that was really a, a huge epiphany for me. So, and where do you find the courage to make that leap? Is there like a mental process? Is there a meditative process? Is there a spiritual? Uh, is it the people around you? Yes. Yeah, so I, you know, I started asking myself, I'm sure a lot of us did when we were outside, what, you know, what is our purpose? And as we were kind of contemplating life and all of that, and, and for me, it came down to service, you know, and, and, what was I really doing? What, why did I get into what I was doing? And, and um, that finding purpose in service, you know, in, in that I, and I was like, how can I do this on a deeper level? But actually I'm providing a place, a gathering place for people for, I always called Mandolin a community center, you know, it was the unofficial Miami community center. It's a place where I've met hundreds of people where I've created thousands of happy memories for people. When we get 
comments and, you know, a home for, for 120 individuals, you know, that come to work with us every day. And like, we really are a family and that in itself is purposeful, you know, and um, that has really been, that served me. So once I made that distinction and I owned that part of it, it, it really brought me a lot of happiness in what I was doing, that it wasn't frivolous, you know, that it's not just a business, that it's so much more than that. And I wasn't driven by that, you know, but every day, I think also too, like I, my personal practices, I didn't realize that I was doing this, but um, this morning, in fact, I was looking, I, I write notes all the time on my notes section on my phone. Um, and sometimes I look back and there's been notes from years ago uh, thoughts, whatever it is, something that inspires me, a quote. Um, sometimes I, when I can't sleep at night and I, you know, I come home and I have all that my adrenaline and I'll just write down something that comes to me. And it's incredible how those things manifest, you know? Um, so I really believe in the power of manifestation. We were talking about that earlier, yeah. Artemis, but I, I had found when we recently moved, we moved during the pandemic. Um, that was another epiphany like, you know, downsizing here so that we can upsize and greet Greece. But um, I found all these old pieces of paper that I had written about goals for what I saw mandolin to be or where I wanted to take it or, um, you know, and they were small, they were small goals at the time, but they all were accomplished. And I didn't even remember, it's kind of like you write it and then you crumple it up and it ends up in a old drawer in a pile. And then you look back and you're like, wow. So I think the power of just even writing that down um, helps us process things, you know? And it sounds like a mini vision board instead of going and doing all the like, you know, other visual stuff, just even writing it down absolutely has power. Yeah. I, lo I, love, um, I love the power of words, you know? And I think I have, a better grasp of it when I write it. So when, you know, I put something together or a thought process or like, that's even how we were able to develop Mrs. Mandolin into a lifestyle boutique because it was a, a way that I could like merge all the things that I loved under one roof, you know, food, fashion, homewares. Um, and, and it started with a thought. It, it started with an idea. I remember we were, I was in Istanbul at the time um, working on a project with Ahmed and it was something I started to write down and then from trips to Greece and spending time obviously on the islands like you know and and it's incredible how that when you start to write things down it also allows you to look back and evolve and I think that's also a huge thing too in overcoming fear is like that it if anything that this last year and a half taught me is that you don't have to be so rigid you know, it doesn't have to be like, this is what I want to do. And this is how I'm going to get there. That you have to be willing, again, the willingness to try to change, to fail and to be okay and get back up. And, um, you know, the willingness to stop too and say, I actually need this time right now to take a break, to get my thoughts together, to take care of me and then go back. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter it's your life to live, you know, and it's your dream to build. So we don't have to go by the rules of, of what society tells us to keep up. And I think that's one of the things that, that we saw that was broken. Um, that rule was broken, 
during COVID, you know, during the pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that, Anastasia, because I think it's, I think it's so important um, because on the outside, someone would look at you and say, this woman is so accomplished. You know, the restaurant business is like a 24 seven business, um, you know, and where, you know, the importance to say of saying that be willing to stop when you need to and be willing to keep evolving and having, you know, a series of awakenings. It sounds like to me, you know, of like, oh, this is who I really am, or this is the next iteration of who I am. And now I'm Mrs. Mandolin and now I'm Anastasia. Um, right. You know, and, and I love how you said, you know, to be willing to fail. And so I, you know, we talk a lot about failure at this podcast, actually, for me, is about failure. Um, and I think that that is such a, it's, it's a difficult word for me. And I think it's a difficult word for a lot of people. Um, and I wonder, you know, where did you get that wherewithal to be willing to fail? And is there a moment in your life, you know, or moments, however many you want to share where you felt like, I failed at something, you know, it's like you fail at something and then you say, now what? And that's kind of where the name uh, came for this podcast. So I wonder if you'll share some of those moments with us. Well, I remember I was, I was sharing this with my aunt Christina and she's like a sister to me, my mother's uh, sister. And she said that since I was a young girl that I always said, well, let's just try. You know, and it's something I believe I picked up from my grandmother. I, my grandmother was a, a huge influence in my life. Um, and, and she would say to me, you know, we were given two hands to do it ourselves. And so I always had the, um, I always had the drive to try, you know, and, and I was okay that if it, if it didn't work out, you know, and I even was talking to my team the other day, I do all of the um, events and tabletop and, it's uh, and florals for our huge events. And, you know, we do this with, with big clients, um, luxury brands, weddings, you name it. And um, so they said, you know, how did you learn? And I said, well, I just kept trying. <laughs> and sometimes I really nail it. And even now, sometimes I'm like, that wasn't my best effort. But, you know, sometimes you can look at yourself and be like, wow, that was pretty good. And so I think we can surprise ourselves that we all are capable of learning how to do something, right? And sometimes it's not our forte. And the other thing is to be, to be able to say, I actually don't like it, you know, and that's okay to hand it over to, to someone else. Um, for me, there's been many failures. Uh, I can tell you two particular ones that happened during uh, the pandemic, but I actually don't like to look at it from a negative place. Like I always, you know, Ahmed and I had the conversation he's like, it's okay to fail. That's how we learn. And I'm like, I don't see it as a failure because I tried and I gave it my best effort and it, I'm proud of it. So no matter what I've done, I'll, I'm proud of it. Even if it didn't succeed, you know? Um, and I think when you are, you know, when you're good at something and you feel proud of what you do and then all of a sudden you try it again and you're not so good at it this time it's it's okay you know it's it's okay to put that aside and just to keep going and to keep moving forward like we can't sit there and look at the and focus on the past failures we've got to look at how can we make ourselves better from it or what did we learn from that situation the two that i'm thinking of was i i opened a restaurant 6 months before um, before the pandemic struck and it was called Gregory's 
It was an American diner um, and it was named after, it was my homage to my Papu Grigori who had, uh, moved, had immigrated in the late fifties to St. Louis, Missouri. And he owned a family, a Greek family restaurant, more of a diner, but he would never call it that. So I was very much <clears throat> at the time um, focused on the American dream and what that meant. And particularly because of what was happening politically in the United States and, and what that meant to me about going back to those like unsung heroes and something really nostalgic. Um, and, you know, we put a lot of effort into it, um, a lot of effort, a lot of time, a lot of money, and we probably were a little too ambitious with the project. But then, you know, we didn't foresee uh, that the world was going to come shutting down. And um, we were in Greece at the time when the pandemic, really when the shutdown was about to happen in Europe. So we had to, we got out on the last flight over. And on that flight, Amit turned to me and said, I think we're going to need to shut down Gregory's. And I didn't want to speak for a good half hour. And I thought about it long and hard. And, you know, it's, it's tough to, to carry that financial burden. It's also tough to close something and, you know, put certain people out of work, all of these things to consider. And also I, it was something very, it was a very personal project for me, of course, because it was a note to my young papu, but I turned to him and said, okay, you know, we're going to have to do what we're going to have to do. And during that time when we were all at home in lockdown, we kind of thought about how would we pivot and how would we, um, you know, what would we do? And instead of us trying to fight through this and say, no, let's reopen or let's just close entirely, we turned that negative into a positive and we decided to turn uh, Gregory's into Mr. Mandolin, which then became our fast casual version. I now think that that's really what my papu would have wanted it to be a good hero, lucky, healthy place. So it really is a lot more like him in spirit, but more importantly, it also taught us that we could be resourceful, resilient, and turn that negative into a positive thing. We got so Absolutely. much support from the, from the community. It also was the way people were eating and wanting to eat you know, we, we took on a new model of takeout, healthy takeout. Um, and now it's become another neighborhood gathering spot for us. Um, and more recently, we opened the Mrs. Mandolin Bakery and Cafe within that space because it was a large restaurant space. So what I'm most proud of when failures happen is how we can turn that into something good. Like not just from the lesson, but like, what deep inside of us that we can really we're all resilient enough and 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 creative enough to go back to these grassroots efforts of finding ways to to change things and you know what got me through it artemis was when i said it doesn't matter what people think and that uh -huh. was a really huge moment for me because I think when we put ourselves out there as entrepreneurs, business people, creatives, we really expose ourselves. So there's so many vulnerable moments. There's a lot of insecurity that comes with it. But for the first time, I pulled up my bootstraps and I was like, I don't really care what people think. 
it was Gregory's once, now it's Mr. Mandolin. It's okay, you know, and that really is, that's actually the defining moment when you say it's okay. Yeah, absolutely. And I think like, you know, speaking about being bad at something, right? Like you're not, okay, some people have a gift or a talent, but usually you start out being bad at something before you learn how to be really good at something. So, you know, and to just think that it's okay is, is I mean, it's a great motto to have to sort of keep you going. I was going to say the other thing that really um, was pinnacle during that, that time too was you know, people always say, how do you do it all? And I'm like, I don't. We have an incredible group of people that I work with that um, is on this mission to build something with me, you know, and my husband and together. So it's not just, it's not that I, I do it all myself, you know? And I think the more we lean on others and the more we learn to like really, I, I, I'm fascinated every day at how talented my team is. One of the first things I ask when someone is new on the team, like, you know, that's a server. I, for example, I know that that's not their main passion. They're, they have another talent that they're probably working towards and this is how they pay their bills. And if I can, we can bring out the best in that person you know, and, and utilize their talents in other ways. We always do. So like, that's it. That's a, such an important thing is to get to know people and like to lean on the people around you and to be transparent. You know, when you're being yeah. transparent about something and you're being honest and you're like, you know what? Well, we kind of messed up, but we're this now and it's okay. Then everyone will feel that way too. You know, we can't try to mask that or beat ourselves up for, for, for not being, you know, for not having a home run each time and each idea. How do you, you know, running a team is, is a skill in and of itself, isn't it? I mean, you know, so you said, usually you ask people when you bring them on about themselves, about what's, what strengths they have or what things they're interested in working on. I mean, how do you instill this kind of belief I mean, obviously you're modeling it for them that it's okay to sort of shift and change and sometimes make a mistake, obviously. Um, you know, how do you build that sort of team and that community that wants to keep creating for, you know, for you, for themselves to be part of something? Um, well, that's not my forte. That's definitely Ahmet's forte. He ah. has, he has uh, his talent and I got to know my significant other while working with him, you know, um, and his talent is really uh, assembling a, a, a group of wonderful people together. Like he has this ability to hone in on people's skills and he doesn't believe that it, it comes down to your experience. It comes down to who you are, the core of the person you are, right? And he has like, he's really been able to mentor people and, um, and bring them together. I work closely, oh, I'm there too all the time and I know everyone, but I work very closely with the kind of marketing design, branding team. It was just myself for many years. Yeah. And slowly I've built up to a team of, of five people now. And, but we also work closely with all the management and we have this like liaison between what's happening on the floor. So communication is key, number one always to keep the communication and, and honesty. Like, I think a lot of people aren't honest enough and that's really like the core of where authenticity comes into play. Like, you know, when you're building something, it's so important to, 
stay true to who you are and how you like to do it and see it um, and not to just follow a trend, let's say, or follow what other people are doing because that's working. You know, listen to your gut instinct and encourage that. And also, you know, set the right example. I don't, when I, when I work with my, when I'm working with my team, I always uh, mentor, like, you know, we sit there and these, the, the feedback I get a lot is that, you know, people want, they're like, they learn as they go along, you know, it's, it's, these are not things that you should keep for yourself. It's important right. that everybody feels empowered and that everybody tries. That doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to be something they'll pursue, but it's the way that I was able to kind of find the, and empower each person to do what they love to do and what they're good at, you know? Yeah. So in order for us to like, if let's say for example, if we're all doing flowers for an event, you know, I can see who's really takes to it, who's really good at it, who enjoys it. And then that person then gets to hone in on that skill and vice versa, who's someone who's very organized and loves to, um, you know, take care of all of the more logistical part of it. And then they get to enjoy what they do because when people love what they do, you excel at it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, what a gift that, you know, you've given your team and yourself. I wonder um, if there are some other sort of defining moments in your life where you felt like you had to make a, a, a big decision or make another big pivot, um, you know, along the road that's sort of taught you or something that you had to go through. Another big one, obviously, was that when we were actually starting to um, really build you know when the when the restaurant was starting to build up and we are you know become recognized and um, we were having a lot of opportunities outside of our restaurant to do consulting work and then you know open up outposts of mandolin around the world we had an outpost in in istanbul in london berlin um, miami beach with the so houses i i had my son around the same time and I really, I had Alex later in my life and it, um, my husband and I made a big decision to step back and, and make our family a priority. And, um, you know, that's when as a woman where it's challenging to say, okay, well, what's gonna come, you know, you have this opportunity to, to build this, your, your brand and, but also, you know, you're building your family. And, in the end, I'm so proud of the decision that we made because we actually, we were able to prove that we can do it both. We can come back and let's say, come back to our roots. And, you know, we, we kept those, um, uh, kept the businesses going um, as a two-year pop-up in these locations. It was one of, the, it was the most incredible opportunity in my life. And, and, um, and also the, the best learning, I learned so much, you know, during those years. But at the same time, you know, I also realized like that was another huge pivot when I got home and I was like, okay, you know, we didn't, Amit didn't want to travel much. And we definitely made, like I said, our family, our priority. But we also then were able to see how can we continue to grow with having our one location of mandolin. Um, and that's when we decided to finally open Mrs. Mandolin so that we could stay local 
and, and diversify ourselves mm-hmm. without necessarily scaling in a different way. So again, using, um, using our creativity, thinking of new ways to grow and making decisions that are right for you and your family at that moment in your life, you know, and that knowing that the time will come again, that other great opportunities will come and you have to kind of listen to your instincts and, and trust yourself. And those, you know, and when you are making the right decisions for you, that you know that great things will come out of it. In this case, we opened Mrs. Mandolin. Um, and again, you know, that was a, another moment that I look back upon Artemis. And now I, I think that how incredible in 2018, you know, we were the premier um, lifestyle boutique in Miami to, to merge food, fashion, and homewares under one roof, um, having the cafe and, and food as the core of our the, of the business, but then offering a way that our customers can bring the mandolin lifestyle home with them. And I was importing everything from Greek textiles to handmade ceramics, and and it seems almost ahead of its time at the moment because now you know we're really focusing a lot on um, artisan goods from around the world sustainable products and this was something I stood behind uh, even back then and and I've been collecting for years Um, and I was so scared and insecure and thought would people get it would who's really going to want to come and shop from there and it turned out to be an international destination people would come from around the world to come see what um, of course eat at our restaurant and then come to Mrs. Mandolin to shop and bring home the experience. So when, again, when the two years were up on this temporary space, I had to pivot and, um, and I decided to separate the three and put, you know, the homers in the back of Mandolin. I opened a resort shop inside of Soho House at, at Soho Beach House. And then we put the cafe inside of Mr. Mandolin. And, and once again, I, I had to say to myself, it's okay, you know, as much as we worked so hard to build this, that that there's a reason that these are blossoming in different directions and that there's no rules to, to retail or to hospitality as long as we're continuing to provide that service and um, to people, you know, and to continue to do what you love and evolve. You know, I'm still the same person, I'm just an evolved version of it, you know, and, and we're supposed to evolve. We're, you know, not supposed to be doing the same thing over and over again, you know? Yeah. And it, it feels like not, I mean, I am a lot of people do talk about this stuff, but there is this sort of thing where like, you're supposed to know who you are. You're supposed to have an elevator pitch. You're supposed to stick to that, build that, um, and sort of stay there in some way or build on that, which it is a foundation, but sometimes it totally pivots and shifts. Um, and I really appreciated, you know, uh, that you said that you can sort of move away from that and that it's okay. Um, and also that something else we don't think about, because I think we're taught a lot in this sort of very capitalist go, go, go society. When an opportunity comes, you must take it because yeah. if you don't, you, you know, who knows if you ever get it again, but that sort of feeling of like, okay, take a step back and trust that something else will come. Uh, is not something we're taught very often. You're um, absolutely so really right. That. No, that's that's one of the most important lessons I think of of um, you know my my time my career is that you have to 
listen to listen to your instincts and know when to say no. Not every opportunity is the right opportunity. Not every opportunity is going to serve you well. And sometimes you have to make time and space and room for for creativity, you know. So when you when you inundate your schedule and you burn yourself out, you're really not you're not really producing the best version of what you can be doing. So, you know, the I think success really is defined when you're doing what you love. So it's not just about the the monetary side is inevitable when you when you're doing what you love. You know, you kind of reach that success without even realizing you're you're going uh, you're reaching it. You know, and I think so many people focus on the end goal, like on that part. And they don't realize that you lose all those other, you lose the authenticity of your brand, you lose the authenticity of yourself, you burn yourself out, and then you're not really enjoying life. And it comes back to like, what I've been focused on a lot lately, ever since our summer in Greece, you know, thinking about like, living versus existing, you know, and you can be working every day, you know, having this life that you dreamt of, but you can still be existing. And I really think it's important to live and be present, enjoy the moment because that's what you're going to be left with at the end, you know, remembering the memories of, of what you created and the people that you shared it with. So, um, so yeah, saying no is, is a very important thing. Yeah. And the, and sounds like, you know, mindfully living like uh, the moment. Um, so success is doing what you love and knowing how to stay on that track. Yes, absolutely. And the willingness to try and the willingness to keep growing. And it's really, I think it's so, um, I don't know, it, it's what makes life exciting at the end of the day. Willingness is a big thing to, to keep being willing, um, for sure. I'm wondering, so tell me a little bit about your, your current goals and, you know, where you're headed. What's next for you? So um, during the during the pandemic, I um, I you know this is when I had the realization of kind of what is next for myself and what I want to do, and I started um, uh, AK Studios, which is a uh, it's my consulting company that I focus on hospitality, interior design, branding. Um, and it's all my personal projects. And I, for the first time, opened myself up to taking on other projects outside of, of Mandolin. Um, the Drexel is, is our newest restaurant endeavor um, that I also took on as formally the interior designer of. I designed Mandolin, Mrs. Mandolin, all of our hospitality venues, actually. Um, but I never, but people didn't know me in that in that capacity. And it's really the part that I enjoy the most. Like I was saying earlier, the behind the scenes and creating emotional spaces. I think it's where I thrive and it's actually, uh, you know, my talent where um, I know how to build a brand. So I consider myself more of a, a brand builder now than just the founder of something. And, and um, I, I get to be creative on many different levels. So that's been really exciting. Uh, the Drexel is a beautiful new space and a huge departure for, um, I guess, for from a design standpoint. And uh, and then I also had um, 
we purchased a our dream farmhouse in in Faros. We've been going to Faros for the last 16 years as a couple, and it's actually the island that inspired Ahmed and I to open Mandolin um, many, many years ago. And we were sitting in an old taverna and, you know, just kind of having that summertime dream of like having our own taverna one day. And little did we know that it would happen in Miami of all places. But we found an, an old property with um, about 45 olive trees and an organic garden and a small little vineyard. Um, and although it wasn't, you know, uh, my dream farmhouse, so to speak, I knew that we could renovate it and turn it into something. And um, I did the renovations because I didn't know that I would be not be able to travel back, but I did the renovations on FaceTime um, with a trusted, uh, a trusted partner there who kind of helped me out and helped, um, you know, bring my vision to life. And then this summer we turned it into our home. So it was fantastic and so enjoyable to like decorate the space. Um, and we've already started to entertain there. In the meantime, we ended up buying the plot of land next to it. So I'm gonna be going back this year to build another home and continue to build this compound so we can offer, you know, these type of uh, kind of experiences for our friends and our patrons to see Greece through our lens um, and, and really stay it in, in an authentic um, home. Um, and, and then most recently, as I was sharing earlier, we also bought a small bed and breakfast so that's going to be uh, in the works in the next year. We'll be, we'll be doing all an extensive renovation on that. So it's very exciting. It's, it's, my heart is there. And of course it makes sense that we're coming full circle because it's where it all started for us. Um, you know, and it's going back to our roots literally. Yeah. And physically and um, it's an extension of what we've already built, but it's also where we are right now, you know, on a more intimate level, more authentic level. And so people can experience Greece the way that, that, that we do, you know, our style of hospitality. I'm How really exciting. No, I'm really excited. Oh it's my God. Exciting. I can't wait to come. Um, so exciting. Um, I want to go back uh, to one thing that you talked about, which is, you know, how you became Mrs. Mandolin, you know, so, so there's a few things. There's a few things that I have some questions about. One is, you know, working with your husband, which yes. has worked very well for you. But, mm -hmm. you know, I wonder if sometimes you think it would be, I mean, it seems like you have a division of labor that works very well. So then that way you don't get into each other's, you know, uh, way. But it, it must be sometimes challenging and sometimes amazing. Um, so I actually enjoy it very much because like you said, so I, I understand where it can blur the lines. It's very easy to blur the lines. We do take it home with us. You know, we do discuss our business, but it is our life. You know, like we are so passionate about food, hospitality. Like, I think it's very, very important that, you know, you love what you do. And you also, people don't talk about this enough, but you also need to 
know your business, you know, know. So like when we travel, we travel around that, you know, it's based on hospitality, where to eat, what, you know, we, we research it and we live it. So, um, you know, we've been very fortunate that we've built our, our, you know, life around our lifestyle. So, but the one thing we had to do right off the bat, like you mentioned, is kind of create a division of labor, like understand, like, although we're both alphas and I have strong opinions about the kitchen and the food coming out, that's not my domain. I have to make sure that we all respect each other's um, roles in order for there to be, in order for us to be efficient and consistent, um, it has to come from one centralized voice. So I take care of all marketing, PR, storytelling, and interior design, and the feel. And Amit takes care of all operations, food, kitchen, and oversees the team. So I always say, he's the heart, I'm the soul. Yeah. If that makes sense. You know, and, so and, in, and they mesh, right? Because your yeah. whole life is. Yes. And they have to work together, you know, it is one. And when you do that, when you actually harmonize in that place, then, you know, it harmonizes in your business, in your life, in your home life. But we, we do speak up in each other's departments only when we feel it's necessary. You know, otherwise we trust deeply in each other and yeah. it's, it's a shared common goal. So, you know, we wanna see, we, we both want to see people happy. We want to take care of people in the same way. You know, we think of others and then we think of like, you know, of how we're, how we feel in this too. Thank you. And then like where you're, cause you talked about, so you're the branding, the marketing, the PR person. So you were Mrs. Mandolin, right? Like it be, you became that persona, which was in some ways, um, protective of you uh but and you were Anastasia inside and sort of Mrs. Mandela and now you know even you've changed your Instagram uh mm -hmm. you have your personal profile and I wonder a little bit about that decision also and um because I think I often struggle too with like how much of your personal life do you share online and your public persona what is your public persona um and sort of some of the that decision making process I wonder about you know, um, social media was an extremely helpful tool for us. It, you know, we ended up at the time when we opened in 2009, we didn't have a budget for PR. And I came from that background where I knew, but I didn't feel like we had anything to say or share at the moment. You know, it wasn't, I didn't want to go down that road of, of hiring a publicist to get the word out about the restaurant. I really do truly believe to this day, and it was an excellent exercise to see that, that there's still a power of word of mouth. I believe in the power of people and that we still need human connection. Um, however, it's been a wonderful tour, tool, excuse me, that has allowed us to share our story from a personal place. And I felt more than ever because Mandolin and Mrs. Man Mandolin was a, uh, a personal project. It was, you know, our love story behind a, our Greek and Turkish roots. It had to come from my voice. Um, I ended up by, ch this all happened very organically and unintentionally. And I think that if you, you know, 
whenever I hear stories and I ask people stories about things, a lot of times, you know, the road to success is unintentional. Obviously we have goals and we're, we are, you know, hardworking and we go towards that goal. It doesn't happen easily, but it can in many cases be unintentional. In my case with Mrs. Mandolin, it was the moniker that was given to me by our customers, you know, who later, we didn't have friends when we moved here. We didn't know anyone in Miami. And so the restaurant became, like I said, our community center and our kitchen table. And it's where we entertained all the time. And when people came into town, a friend of a friend would send someone. So Mrs. Mandolin became kind of that fun label I was given. And it was, it allowed me to protect my personal life and also share what was happening on our, you know, at the restaurant, in our restaurant life, if you will. Um, and then, uh, and then when I started Mrs. Mandolin as a Instagram account, it was because I wanted to start showing that we walk our talk, like how we actually live. And I remember I was kind of contemplating um, when the restaurant started to kind of pick up and the business had picked up at that point, I was kind of contemplating where I could channel a lot of my creativity. I'd already finished designing the space. I was handling everything in house, like I said, myself, but there wasn't much to do, you know, in addition to um, continuing the design process. So I wanted to like channel that. So I started Mrs. Mandolin and um, I started to share, you know, everything from like antidotes to recipes to you name it. And I even contemplated starting a blog. And uh, instead, as things progressed, it became its own brand, you know, and, and the beauty of all of this was that, that I didn't intend to create a brand out of Mandolin. It, but today, it's more than a restaurant, you know, it is a lifestyle. So Mrs. Mandolin took on that lifestyle, it was kind of the, um, the way of showcasing this like effortless um, approach to Mediterranean living or, you know, rooted in Aegean culture and Philoxenia and our, and, and our Greek spirit, you know, that I wanted to share with everybody. And next thing you knew, people were starting to reach out and DMing about, you know, travel tips to Greece or honeymooning, honeymooning in Greece and where should they go? Um, or where could they find the pillow that was in the plates that we used to handle in. And so it really turned into something. And that's when I truly found my voice in all of this because it merged my backgrounds. So as I said earlier, I didn't have a restaurant background. In fact, I'm a lousy waitress. I talk too much. <laughs> and so I, um, and I'm not really good. My arms are too <laughs> short to carry numerous plates. But I do understand the importance of an emotional um, feeling. You know, a restaurant is more than just food. That's, you know, the food is, is one element. It's how you feel when you're in there, you know, and creating a sense of home and designing mandolin to feel residential as if you're dining in your best friend's backyard was yeah. something that I realized I could do. And that's when Mrs. Mandolin really was allowed me to bring my styling background from my magazine days, my uh, brand building and lifestyle background from my cosmetic executive days, 
and and also my love of of objects and design um, and then naturally my love of food which is the core of what we do and sharing love through food and through creating you know this warm inviting home and you know that I think it's when it came together it's when the pieces mm -hmm. of the puzzle came together and all of my background so that's I think what's so interesting when people think that they're taking a different direction in life it's fascinating how all of these things that we've done in our life will serve its purpose at one point sort of the intersection of all of your strengths and your passions is where yeah. your sweet spot is like where that that unique thing that you have to give to the world is and you, it seems like you're right there in it and so yeah. when you then now open you know did your anastasia profile is it a is it a, a decision to separate personal and i mean obviously you live and breathe your business but separate your personal um persona versus your business persona yes i started to see that you know mrs mandolin was bigger than just me and in fact that it it's not me you know it, it's the spirit it's the female force behind mandolin it's the lifestyle voice behind mandolin so you know and that is that's something it's you know that the team gets to this in so many ways all the females actually Amit was the one that once said about five years ago he said mandolin is a feminine brand and he said it to the entire team to 120 of us and I didn't tell him to say that and he said it's that spirit it's that feeling where you walk in it's the smell it's the visual part it's it's like when you know your yaya makes that your favorite meal you know it's that yeah. beautiful hug and if you ask any great chef in the world male or female they'll always say that their you know their favorite meal comes out of their mom's kitchen and uh you know or like a a female figure a, a familial figure and I think that's really what what Mrs. Mandolin stands for. Um, so I wanted to distinguish that while still being able to kind of step aside. And I, I only started my personal account recently this summer. And it was it was actually, it's that moment we talked about earlier in our conversation where I think I subconsciously or maybe consciously took that step away from you know, being Mrs. Mandolin versus Anastasia. And, you know, it's, it's, it feels good because it allows me to really kind of hone in on all the things that I love to do and, and grow and continue to grow and evolve and, and do the things. Cause we always, success doesn't stop. You want to continue. Like I always say, we're not defined by our accomplishments. I hope to accomplish many more things in my life, you know, and, um, and I want to continue to grow and push myself out of my comfort zones while still building something absolutely beautiful and that I'm proud of, but that, you know, um, that other people within my team can blossom and showcase their talents too. And it's, you know, it was when I had that step away and that when I was able to step away, I was actually able to look upon what I also, what I had created in the last 10 years, which was for the first time acknowledging, um, acknowledging it. Because yeah. I think we're, when we're in the thick of it, we forget to stop. We're running, we're like going, it's like a marathon and we forget to stop. 
and actually acknowledge our own accomplishments along the way and give ourselves credit for what we've done because it's hard and it's tough and some it you know it can be you know grueling and lonely and all those things too as well as satisfying and you know um filled with love and joy so if we don't stop and do that and I think when I did that when I I physically did that and stepped back I was like wow we didn't just build a restaurant or a retail store we built a brand and and then you start to also acknowledge all the people that helped you build it and that is such an important humbling moment as well you know I love it but it also absolutely yeah I mean, I think that that is the perfect way for us to close this conversation. Yeah, you know, it's inspirational. It's acknowledging all the hard work and all of the difficulty that you face and also that you've now opened this new door and created a whole new space to continue growing and evolving and bringing people along with you on your journey. Um, I wanna thank you so much for this very candid uh, conversation, for sharing with us your struggles, how you cope with them, what keeps you going. Um, how you've built your, <clears throat> your brands. Um, I'm wishing you all the very best all the time mm -hmm. on all of your future endeavors. I'm coming to Paros. <laughs> yes, for sure. I can't wait to actually bring you um, to come see the property and for us to brainstorm about what we can do there together as well. I would love that. I would love that. And just, yeah. the, I, you know, I'm so grateful and so appreciative of your time. Um, I know how precious it is for all of us uh, now, but it is maybe a little bit of, of the blessing of COVID to be able to stop and step back and say, okay, wait, I've had a little bit of a, let me allow space for, uh, totally. for connection. I actually started meditating during uh, COVID like on a weekly basis. And I realized it was the first time in my life that I actually did something just for me. Like, I mean, even as as a workout practice or whatever, like I, I was never that disciplined of a person to stick with something. And this was the most disciplined I had ever been. And I was to allow myself to, to take some time and meditate. And it really like changed my whole perspective because you're giving something back to yourself. And, you know, and then I also, I also realized too, that like, this was either like that a year and a half could be either the most significant or insignificant time of your life. <laughs> like many people just sat and, and, and unfortunately, like, you know, in, in many cases, you know, it, it could have changed your entire life. And, and in other cases, people were waiting to kind of go back to like for things to open up again, you know? And um, I think we're not, I think we're, we're all changed people because of it. The world has changed. We're not going to go back to something that was like what it was before. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, we, hopefully we took the best away from it.